You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. This episode of How She Creates is sponsored by Studio. Studio creates headphones that are both high-tech and fashionable for creatives who are on the go like you and me. Studio is emphasizing modern Scandinavian design with their products, but also providing quality that matches even the highest rated headphones on the market for just a fraction of the cost. And they are offering our How She Creates listeners a 15% discount when you use the code HSC15 to grab your new favorite pair of wireless headphones. This interview is a part of the How She Creates Good series. In these interviews, I get to shine a light on women who are using art and their creativity to empower others, advocate for social justice, and bring healing to our beautiful world. This series serves to educate, bring attention to amazing organizations, and inspire you to use your creativity for good. I am popping in with a few quick announcements here for you today. The first is that the 21 Secrets class that I am a guest artist teacher part of is releasing next week so if you want to join us for the live version of the class you want to go ahead and register now and you can register at 20 at lauren-likes.com slash 21 secrets and join us for the class like i said it's going to start july 9th and there are 11 workshops i believe possibly there's a bonus one i think that counts as an additional one so maybe there's 12 in there um but they're taught by all different artists who are really really fantastic and this round of 21 secrets is called playful experiments and so it's a really great one for summer i am teaching a seascape painting workshop that i'm thrilled about it's one of my favorite techniques and it is perfect for capturing your summer and so i would love for you to join me there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that's going to happen live so if you want to play along with us as we're creating and hang out and chat with the teachers each day as we're teaching our lessons um, you can do that like i said we're going to start on july 9th and but then you'll have forever access to the class so you can register for that at lauren-likes.com slash 21 secrets and the second thing is that i've been sharing some sneak peeks into the fall creative retreat that i am hosting in florala alabama at the beautiful camellia palms plantation uh, that's right on the lake and uh, we're going to be hanging out there in alabama from october 16th through 20th so if you're thinking about joining us go ahead and mark your calendar and start um, kind of planning for that and so this week, I wanted to share a little bit more about our artist in resident who's who's going to be hanging out with us for the week. It is Katie Smith. She is Studio Katie on Instagram, and I have been working and creating with Katie for years. Um, we I met her through Get Messy, and she taught some courses for us there, and they were our most popular classes. 
she is just a phenomenal teacher the artwork that comes from her students is just mind-blowing how beautiful and creative it is and we have just worked with her in, in so many different facets and i'm really excited to be able to spend the week teaching and creating with her in person with you guys and she one of her workshops she's going to be teaching is painting on location so she's going to walk us through her process uh, down at the lake of how she creates her uh, landscapes and she's going to share all of her materials that you're going to get as part of the workshop and you're going to walk home with some beautiful artwork that you create but also some really tangible skills that you're going to be able to go home with and use over and over and over again in all different kinds of settings so I am just thrilled that Katie is going to join us for the week. And so if you want more information about the retreat, if you feel like you really want to come, I would suggest hopping on my email list, lauren-likes.com slash newsletter, because those people are going to get first dibs to the rooms to sign up when it launches here in a few weeks. So hop on that list. So you'll be the first to know, and you'll be able to first to grab those rooms before they fill up. And I cannot wait, you guys, it's going to be the best week. So I will share more information as that is everything is getting finalized and registration is open. But for now, just hop on that email list. And I will talk to you more about this later. But for now, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of How She Creates. Today is a really fun and exciting day. Um, and this is a part of our How She Creates Good series. I have my lovely friend and Erin, um, I think that I would call you my like podcast supervisor. Erin helped bring these these episodes to life for you guys every week and she helps me do some really cool stuff and she's really fantastic and I just love her. Erin came to the retreat with me um, and now I just want her to move in with me and just help me <laughs> do everything in my life. Um, so I'm really excited for you guys to get to meet her today. Erin, um, will you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yes. Hello. Hello. Um, I feel like I just had a love letter written to me and I love it. Um, my name is Erin. I am 21 now. Um, I have been working with Lauren for a little bit on just some virtual assistant work and getting all of that tedious stuff done. Um, but it's a blast and I love it so much. Um, I have been working on my own business now for almost two years doing a secondhand and vintage online store, um, trying to promote the idea of sustainability and really trying to focus on saving the environment a lot more through fashion and other things that we do in our daily lives. Um, and yeah, that's like my quick two minute summary of my life <laughs> in the past two years. So yeah, that's perfect. Um, and for people who don't know where I found Aaron was at a town cookout. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to call it that. Um, a food truck Friday. That's what it that's, was. Yeah. A food yes, truck. Yes. A food truck and get together. <laughs> 
Yeah, so if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that um, food trucks are part of my love language. So it was perfect. Um, Aaron and I have a very good mutual friend, and Aaron goes to my university that I went to, and we're from the same town. Um, so, you know, it was just one of those things like we were bound to meet one day, and I met Aaron, and we started talking about business stuff, and I was just so impressed with her ideas and what she was working on. And, and, really the reason behind her business. Um, and so I was like, gosh, I like, I want her to succeed. I want her to do really cool stuff. And so I was like, Hey, would you, you know, help us out and we'll help you with your business stuff. And, and then it just evolved into this beautiful partnership. Um, and I love working with Erin. Like I said, Erin came to the retreat with us. She was our photographer and our tablescape artist and our DJ. And she was the <laughs> She's so multi-talented and so creative. But like I said, I love what she's doing with her business and I love her goal and how much she is an advocate for the environment. So that is what we are going to talk about today, about what creativity looks like in the reusing um, idea, the reusing world space, um, and how you can use your creativity to help save our lovely planet. Um, so Aaron, can you kind of share with us your creative story of how you got here and how you fell in love with vintage? Yeah. Um, so basically what really started off this whole entire, uh, lifestyle that I live is I grew up in Germany. So I did grow up an expat. I lived in the community in Germany. We didn't live on base. Um, so I went to a international school there where we focused a lot on just like environmentalism and focusing on you know how we can better the planet in our everyday activities at one point I mean we literally made like a business plan on how we could better the environment so we made bags like that were canvas bags and sold them and then adopted dolphins like just have always been involved in stuff like that and I've always just been a collector so like I've just given everything a meaning. I've found like scraps of paper or rocks or leaves and given them a meaning and some sort of like life in my view, if that makes sense. Um, so I've just always loved to collect things and I've always loved thrifting. Uh, so my mom and I like, we've been thrifting since I swear the day I was born. Um, that's just something that we've always enjoyed doing together. It's honestly just kind of a nice emotional release, if that makes sense, to just go around and like search for stuff to find. Um, and so I think that kind of all of that in my childhood culminated into Vela Vintage and like culminated into this idea of combining uh, finding things through, through thrifting with environmentalism and taking all these beautiful things that I was collecting and then using that to save the planet, which is exactly what I've always wanted to do. So I think that that's kind of what gave birth to my creativity in that sense. Um, just like these multiple elements of my childhood that kind of came together and gave me this, you know, fantastic idea to do this. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a really cool idea. And like I said, I love the meaning behind it. Why is vintage important? Why should we be shopping and using vintage? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I can go on for days about this. <laughs> um, but really, I think what's most important is viewing vintage as so, so different than 
the way our culture wants us to view clothes right now. So right now we have this fast fashion mentality, which is like, okay, like put something out there, something that is meant to be like durable, like clothes are meant to last for a while, like a washing machine or a car, like not that it's that expensive, of course, but just that's how the durability is supposed to be. It's It lasts. And vintage clothes were built to be durable. They were built to last and be, you know, something that you wear every day. Whereas now we're in this fast fashion mentality where we have changed clothes to not be durable, but to be disposable. And so we're, you know, getting these t-shirts for $2 at the store that were made for 50 cents by a sweatshop worker in China. And, you know, it falls apart in two days and then we throw it away and get new shirts. We just buy things for occasions now. It's not necessarily for what we need. And that mentality is so damaging. And that's really what creates a consumer culture where we're just constantly getting new stuff and throwing it away. And we're, we just lack a sense of value in our clothing. And for me, vintage just like has so much more to it. There's a story behind it. There is an element of durability. It's going to last. It's built to last. And it was created here at home, you know, by a company that was you know, ethically, at maybe ethically, we don't know, but, you know, making it in a way more effective way than we're making clothes now with absolutely no regard for the environment or for its durability. So that's really why I love vintage so much. Like I have, you can feel the difference between a vintage shirt versus a shirt made at Forever 21 or something, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. that's why I love it so much. And so, okay, so we're going shopping. So we're on board. We're going to, you know, shop vintage. <laughs> um, what what are some of your tips for us for thrifting? Um, well, the main one for if you're spotting like vintage in the U.S. would be looking for like a made in the USA shirt or dress or something. You can definitely look at the tag and be able to say, okay, this is vintage. Um, typically, they'll have like a little um, – just like their tags will look a little bit more old fashioned. And if it was made in the US, then that means it was made before the 80s, like prior to the 80s, because that was when we started outsourcing all of our clothing creations and all of that stuff to other countries. So that's really your main tip. Um, but other than that, I... I would just kind of base it off how I feel it. If you feel your clothes, or if, if you're feeling like the clothes that you're thrifting for, you can definitely tell if they were made in an older older time, if that makes sense. Um, the, the stitches might be better, um, like thicker stitching. The clothing fabric might be stronger, um, not as thin materials. Um, Shoulder pads are always a good insight. <laughs> Those are always a good way to find out. Um, you know, we love that. Um, so yeah, just like those little things, there's literally countless ways to get confused, obviously. It's hard to sometimes pinpoint a decade, but um, yeah, really just those little, little tips, like especially a tag will will give you a good insight on where it kind of came from. And then the style itself can help you decide like the decade. Hmm. Okay. So 
we're shopping and we find something with shoulder pads. <laughs> I'm not personally into shoulder pads. No, no, what no. are your tips and ideas for, for, for still shopping vintage and maybe still buying that if I like it, but how can I alter it? What are some, what are my options? Yeah, that is one thing I'm queen of doing is finding something, buying it and being like, okay, I have a totally different mentality of what I want to do with this. Um, I'm not going to keep these shoulder pads. I'm going to cut these out or I'm going to crop this into a crop top, you know, stuff like that. Um, I found like two piece suit outfits that I've like bought, even though they are kind of terrible looking at the store. Um, I'm like, no, this is vintage and I have a, a better idea for it in my head. So I kind of have an image of what can I do with this? What is my vision for this? And then I buy it. And then sometimes it'll take me about two months to actually get around to doing that. But I have the image and I kind of work create- creatively with that idea of how I'm envisioning this piece of, you know, vintage clothing and how I can alter it into being my own or something that someone else might love a little bit more. Um, so, you know, I like have a rotary cutter, which helps me uh, crop things, have a sewing machine to help me kind of stitch some stuff up. Um, Just really those basics. I am no sewer. So if I can do it, literally anybody can. It's really just about having that creative mindset of what you want to do with it and how you want to alter it or upcycle it. And um, that's really where it comes from. That's a perfect um, (laughs) example of like, you don't have to be a professional seamstress. You know, I buy clothes and alter them all the time. I I always say like I own a seam ripper and I can change, do anything I want with a piece of clothing. You know, if you just pop out, like I bought this really cute dress that had a weird like kangaroo pocket on the front. (laughs) And I I literally, but it was just an extra piece of fabric sewn onto the front. I just used the seam ripper and no one would ever know that it was there. Um, So being creative with your finds and having that eye and thinking about how you can alter stuff. What if someone is like, I have no idea how to like alter, like, I don't even know how to envision it. Where are you going to get inspiration and, and finding new ideas and, and creatively thinking of how can I change this piece? Yeah. Um, well nowadays we like to, you know, we, there's a clear modern fashion obviously that we have. I mean, it might not be clear all the time because our modern fashion is always changing. Back in the day, you kind of had one sense of fashion that lasted, I feel like a good while like a style that lasted for a good while or through a season nowadays we don't really have seasonal fashion anymore it's really just changing constantly but you have a good idea of what your style is and I feel like I have a good idea of what my style is so when I want to get inspiration I look at other people who are maybe my fashion icons and see their outfits and see okay I could do this with that or Um, I could take this piece that I found and kind of alter it and tailor it to some of my inspiration. And one thing that I've really wanted to do is like start doing some videos on how to get inspiration for that and how to kind of like show you my creative process and my inspiration process and then kind of allow that to inspire you as well. So, I mean, there are YouTube videos out there of people doing this same stuff. Like they go into a thrift store they find something and then they completely just turn it into something new and they show you that whole creative process. And so that's, that's really helpful to watch those types of things because it kind of can catalyze your own imagination and your own creativity. Uh, but yeah, I definitely would suggest getting a Pinterest board of just 
just like styles you like, styles you'd like to tailor or emanate, but don't have the funds necessarily to do that. Uh, So you can kind of go thrifting and find ways to fit that in and tailor into that style. Um, That's what I do because, you know, I'm broke and finding, you know, nice expensive outfits I could never afford and then kind of tailoring that on my own with way cheaper budget and more creativity in my mind. I feel like that's a better win, if that makes sense. Um, So it's just about being creative, creative with what you have and, you know, what you don't have as well. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't even touched on that point of of how cheap it is and how much money you can save <laughs> oh buying vintage. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of it. Well, aside from the actual environmental impacts, but it's just cheap. It's genuinely so much more cheap as well as think about where your money is going. And one thing that's so important about like sustainability and, and, and kind of promoting environmentalism is thinking and remembering how powerful you are with your money. You know, we have a genuine um, a genuine power there. It's basic supply and demand. When you take away the demand of a company because you're buying somewhere else, then that's going to send a message. And so when you're putting your money into thrift stores, like small thrift stores that have a purpose or are donating their money towards a specific cause, that's where your money's going. Your money is being technically donated and it's being filtered into a much more positive um, you know, place. And I think that's very valuable as well. I think that's really important to remember. And saying things like, oh, well, you know, my $20 is not going to make a difference. It does. It makes a difference and it makes a difference in your heart. And, you know, do it. Like if that's how you, you slowly, it's just like any habit, anything that you're building slowly over time, you will incrementally make a difference. And the more you talk about it and the more you share about it, the more of a difference it's going to make in the world and to other people. Yeah, exactly. And I think people doubt that power. They really genuinely do. Yeah, we do. We have so much more power than we think, especially with social media and with our money, right? Like you're saying, we we do have you, you listener, have a lot more power <laughs> than you think. Um, so, what difference are we actually making in the world by thrifting and reusing? Why is that important? Well, when you look at kind of the problem, it's really the idea of it makes up three problems. They're the clothing companies that we typically are shopping at, those fast fashion brands, they are not creating their clothes ethically. So they're creating clothes that are not being mindful of the environment. They are taking in, they're not taking into consideration the environment as they're doing that creative process, um, mostly because it's just extremely cheap. Um, so they're going through sweatshops to um, outsource their labor. So say one company um, will go to a sweatshop in an underdeveloped country and they'll say, okay, I need you to make me this shirt for such and such amount, say like 30 cents. And they are like, okay, well, we can't really do that. That's way too cheap. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll go to another sweatshop and we'll ask them to do it. But they're so desperate. So these sweatshops are so desperate to get that money to get that business that they'll say, okay, no, fine, we'll do it for that cheap. So really, they're not in control. They are completely under the control of these businesses who they're trying to get their money from, because otherwise, they won't have business. So then you lead into low cost to these sweatshops. And then there's the workers as well, who are primarily women, and sometimes even children. And they're 
working in a completely harmful environment where people are dying. I mean, literally these these buildings are collapsing because of unsafe working conditions. No one's helping them. No one's listening to them. Um, and if you've ever seen the movie or documentary True Cost, it's a great, great insight on really what's going on in um, these countries. So when we are supporting these brands, obviously we're contributing to this problem as in they're going to these sweatshops still and they're still asking for them to create these clothes and all this other mess. Um, But then there's the element of when we pull away our business from those companies, now those companies aren't going to those sweatshops and help like, you know, paying for them to do some labor for them. And so now they have no work. So then we're not supporting those women in the end. We kind of forget about these people who are working in these sweatshops. So I think one element that's important is remembering that by like boycotting these companies, we, are, we aren't necessarily 100% helping these people. Um, so putting direct support into these countries and direct support into um, these women's voices, I think is very, very important to not forget because even I forgot that until I saw a YouTube video of honestly, just someone calling, calling us out and saying, okay, well you can boycott these countries or or, sorry, these, uh, companies all you want who are participating in sweatshops, but then who's supporting the actual laborers in these sweatshops who are now not getting any, you know, any labor whatsoever, but still in unsafe conditions. So that's important to remember. Um, Another element is just the idea that when people are purchasing clothes from these fast fashion companies, our clothes are getting thrown away at a much higher rate than if you were to have a durable brand that lasts for a long time, uh, because we we don't value them as much. When you can go to a store and get $2 shirts, you don't value it as much as if you go to a ethically made sustainable clothing store, you spend, I don't know, like $50 on a shirt that is handmade, well-made with environmentally um, conscious decision-making in the process of the creation of the clothes, then you're going to value that a whole lot more. You're not going to throw it away in a few days, or it's not going to get a hole really quick. And even if it does get a hole, you're not going to just throw it away. You're going to probably stitch it up because you spend a lot of money and you put value into that. And that is also a very important element of the sustainable like movement as well, is putting value into your things so you're not just throwing them away. Because right now, I mean, the buildup in landfills from clothes alone is absolutely maddening. And, you know, people aren't even donating their clothes, which is beyond me because I've never just thrown away clothes unless it's gotten really bad or if it's like underwear or something but like if you really want to truly like make a a small benefit it starts with just not throwing away your clothes like donate them first and then just try to keep and hold on to them for as long as possible I literally just saw a stat the other day where it was if we held on to our clothes for nine more months we can significantly significantly cut down on those landfill masses and the trash that's building up. Um, it's just, it's so small, simple things like that, that really do make a difference and, and help impact the environment in ways that people don't understand all the time. Cause it really is easy to say, I'm not doing anything. I'm not helping, but it's so small things, just donating your clothes or buying secondhand because think about all the clothes that are already made that are just sitting in thrift stores. They're literally made, they're waiting for you. Instead we go out and we 
put money into these companies who are not considering the environment at all. And we're just adding more and more and more clothes into the world that we don't need. So I know that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's so eye opening and it's such a, like a, uh, what's the opposite of gentle, but like a needed nudge, you know, of a reminder of, of what we're doing. And, and like the nine months thing, that's crazy. That's not that long. Like you can, you can wear your jacket one more season, you know, and that's what it is, you know? And that will sustain something, help sustain the landfills and and our environment. Um, And so can you give us a list in the show notes of some different companies and places that you like to shop that are fair trade or vintage or secondhand besides your store, of course? Yeah. Um, I think that would be really nice because I don't want people to walk away being like, where do I I shop now? No, there yeah. are so, so many amazing companies out there that are doing a, a really great job at this and promoting these ideas. And while it can be a little bit more expensive, if you look into more companies that are like really sustainably creating clothes, um, that's just, it really does make sense. It makes sense why it's more expensive because part of the sustainable mindset is to value your clothes. And how do we value stuff is when we put more money into it. And that's just how it's going to be. But if you want a cheaper option, it's thrifting, you know, but there's a lot of amazing companies that are that are doing a great job at that. And I'd be happy to share a little collection of some of my favorites. Do you know how when you are working on your creative project and you need an art supply that is across the room and you get up to grab it, but then you're immediately yanked backwards because you are stuck and attached to your phone because you're listening to your favorite creative podcast while you're creating, but now you can't find your phone because it's buried under all of your supplies and now you're tangled in your ear phone cords and it's a whole big ordeal, you guys. I have switched to wireless headphones with Studio, and they make my creative life so much better. I can wander around and pick up all of my lost, missing supplies, and I'm not connected to anything. I love my new 12 headphones from Studio, and you can too. You can be wireless and untethered. All you have to do is grab a pair from our friend's studio, use the code HSC15 and get 15% off and you will be so happy that you gave yourselves the gift of being able to create and walk around and not be connected to your phone anymore. Visit studio at studio.com and use the code HSC15 to untether yourself today. Yeah, that would be awesome. And if we're just searching, you know, or we're like browsing a website that we really like or at a store we really like, what are a couple kind of keywords or things we can be looking for kind of on the positive and negative side? You know, what are we looking for and what are we looking to avoid? Um, Well, nowadays, now that sustainability is becoming a lot more discussed, a lot of companies will put that out there uh, or they'll pretend to, which is also another very huge problem um, because they're finding that this is a selling point now, a marketing point to reach customers. Um, So you have companies that are coming out now like American Apparel who are saying, okay, we're sweatshop free. Okay, like that's great. And they're putting that right out there. Um, but 
I will just remind you, do not forget to do your research because while a company can say we're doing something, that doesn't mean they're actually doing it. Um, H&M is one of those companies that do that as well. Uh, they'll say, okay, like bring your clothes back and we'll, we'll recycle them. But those clothes actually never get recycled. So um, just watching out for like fake marketing schemes to kind of pull people into their companies to fix that upset of like people pulling out their business now because of those things coming to light. Um, but yeah, I would definitely do your research. If a company is claiming to be sweatshop free or claiming to be recycling or sustainable, make sure you check on that before. Um, because again, you don't want to be putting your money into something, especially when they're blatantly lying. Um, but yeah, another positive or negative thing, um, really just like the way their clothes are being made, where their clothes are coming from. If they're being made within the United States, that looks really good. Um, well, wherever you live, uh, obviously that changes. But if you live in the United States and your clothes are being in, made ethically or sustainably in the United States, that's a good sign. They're creating it locally. They're just trying to make that a more normal thing is to not outsource our labor as much. Um, so yeah, that's another another good way of kind of deciphering those things. Um, with companies. What are some other tangible ways that we can be more conscientious about helping save the planet and reducing excess waste in the world? So the way I kind of visualize this, and it's very, very simple, um, but the way I see it, so is if someone were to come into your home with like muddy shoes, leaving their trash all over your table, smoking inside, bringing in like diseases, toxins, and essentially just like overall completely disrespecting your space and your home, that wouldn't be tolerated. You know, we wouldn't expect that. We wouldn't expect people to, to treat our home that way because we expect people to respect our home. When you go into a stranger's home or a friend's home, you expect them to respect it as your space. Um, so I know very few few people that would be completely 100% okay with that, like people coming in and just throwing their stuff everywhere and not caring or disrespecting it completely. So that mentality is what we need to keep consistently as when we think about our, our planet, our shared home. Because when we just sit back and let people come into our home and disrespect it and throw trash and just step out and watch it happen instead of saying something, that's allowing these people to step all over your home and disrespect it. And it's comparable to your literal like physical home. And that's that's kind of how I view it. When I see someone throwing trash, I'm like, um, excuse me, <laughs> can you pick that up, please? Like, how dare you do that? That's like, if someone were to just come into my house and throw trash all over the floor, that is completely disrespectful to me. And so that's something that I hold as a value. And that kind of allows me to fuel how I would also expect myself to, you know, act in a someone else's home. So I don't use as much plastic. That's a major one that's easy to cut out. Just reduce your plastic intake. Reusable bags when you go to the store, like going to the grocery store, bringing a reusable bag. Europe is so much better about that than we are in the States. Um, supporting companies who are trying to make their like who are trying as hard as they can to make these differences versus the ones who don't care at all. That's another important element, which I've obviously talked about a lot. Um, so one thing that I've done, um, I've kind of taken on as my own challenge is to completely stop shopping um, anything but secondhand or 
uh, ethically made clothes. So for the past year, I've literally only been shopping from thrift stores or like a few companies who have actually made the effort of producing their clothes locally or um, sustainably. Uh, so that's a that's a big move that you can make personally and can encourage other people to do as well. And then a lot of it is purchasing power. So just like small things, like literally looking at where you're buying your stuff from, like anything, if it's organic, if it's not, if, you know, just stuff like that. Um, fueling companies and fueling businesses who are trying their best and really making an effort because that's the easiest way that you can do something like you aren't even actively trying to do anything, but you still are doing something by supporting these companies and putting your money into them. Um, that's putting a, a demand onto them. And so that that's really valuable. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are fantastic tips. And I think, you know, at first it takes a little bit of work to figure out what companies we want to support. What are some things we can switch out in our home to be more um, conscious about this and about waste? But once you do it, it becomes so easy and it becomes second nature. And, exactly. you know, and that's the thing. My husband always and I always go back and forth about our Tupperware, mm -hmm. you know, and we're like the glass Tupperware just lasts so much longer, Yeah, you know. And so it's little things like that that, that it feels expensive or feels, you know, excessive at first. But once you are three years into not having to buy new crappy plastic Tupperware, it, you really see the difference. Exactly. Um, exactly. And – Another like great way of creatively using trash is through art. <laughs> Literally, it has been such a beautiful movement to watch like this art trash thing happen. Like literally repurposing scraps or like I've seen art from just things that people have collected off the beach and then created something beautiful out of it while also is like demanding to the eye. It's saying, look at this problem. Like, look at all the trash I found on the side of the beach, but also look how beautiful it is in this art form. It's making you think, and it's also beautiful, and it's repurposing. So that's another great movement um, to throw in there as well. Yeah, so that's going to be our challenge this week on the How She Creates hashtag is I want you to find some trash and turn it into art. I want to see what you guys are creating and not even trash. Like, I want you to pick up trash also this week. But I want you to look around. Like, what were you going to throw away? What was someone else going to throw away that you can upcycle and reuse um, to impact your creativity? And I just want to say about this whole thing is, you know, this can all feel very overwhelming um, with so many things to do. But, you know, our, our church used to have this motto of do for one what you wish you could do for all. Um, and I loved Aaron's idea of this being your home. So, you know, think about what you can do for your neighborhood, your backyard, your house. You know, what can you do in your house to be more sustainable? Um, and then that will slowly trickle out from there. So don't feel like you have to, you know, go on like a six month ocean diving, <laughs> trash picking up, you know, excursion, like just by making some small shifts at your own house, you know, and work, you know, working to support one company that that um, ethically produces things, you know, you're you're gonna make a difference. So don't don't be overwhelmed to be that, you know. Um, and yes, okay, let's talk more <laughs> about this creativity part of it. So how do you feel like reusing things um, and upcycling things can impact and help our creativity? I think it literally 100% promotes creativity. So right now I have a complete bag full of scraps 
And I really just sat there and thought like, okay, what can I do with this? Like expand my mind. Think about it. What could I do with this like tiny scrap of fabric? And so ultimately, I've just kind of decided to work on a little secret project um, to repurpose all of these scraps and incorporate them into my business. Um, So that's one thing I'm working on right now. But it really does just cause you to think, like I said earlier, like when you go into a thrift store and you look at an outfit that was made in, I don't know, the 50s and a businesswoman wore it to work. But you could say, okay, but what could I do with this? And how could I wear it in every day? And that is promoting your creativity. It's making you think and think about how you would shift things into your own perspective. The same way we look at art and when you're getting inspired to do an art project, say you look at this one specific artist's work and you're like, oh my gosh, how can I tailor this into my own? How could I use this to make something of my own and and create something on my own? And I think that is just such an important element that we that we need to hone in on and really focus on is how can we expand our creativity and what promotes that and really like it's so it's so funny how some of the most simple things can really help us expand our creativity and I think that's why my childhood I value it so much because in our school we we did have these units where it was like okay here's a very broad question how can we save the planet give us one way to decide like what could we do to better the planet? All right, let's make bags. Let's design the bags. Let's sell the bags. And then what do we do with that money? We donate it again. Like just stuff like that. You're thinking and you're opening your mind to new possibilities. And I think that is so, so special and so important. And it's amazing to see how something that is sad because we're trying to save our, our environment to save our home can be a a beautiful way of causing us as a human species to think more and just be more creative in the way we exist and the way we live so that we're not harming the things and the, the beings and plants all around us. So I think it's amazing to think about how creativity is so easily blossomed out of things, even if it's negative and even if it's sad, but it can be so easily turned into something beautiful. So how do you live a creative lifestyle? I feel like just kind of thinking about this kind of stuff, like how can I inspire someone in a way that's different? Or how could I like tell someone what they're doing? I don't necessarily, I don't know how to say this. Like, because sometimes it's hard to just see people actively not caring about the environment and then like not say something about it so in my way like that's why I've kind of created Bella instead of just telling people what to do all the time have a more creative outlet to show them how to do that like here's a creative way of saving the planet buy clothes in a different way create your clothes just like wear your clothes differently hone in on a different style because that kind of leads into a more creative way of doing so. Um, And that's kind of where I've come from with it. Like my creativity lies in how I'm going to dress myself, how I'm going to dress other people, how I'm going to change something, change something old and make it new or beautiful. And that's um, kind of the way I see it, if that makes sense. Um, Just kind of making art out of things that people have thrown away. And in my way, that art is close. 
So that's kind of how I've seen it and how I've lived my creativity out is just through through clothes and, and style and fashion and how you can express yourself in a different way, in a way that's sustainable and important and has a message to it. I kind of love that you just said that you started your business and you started this whole kind of <laughs> movement because you were pissed off about something. Like It's true, though. <laughs> it's yes, really I mean, that's true. how we change the world. Yes. I mean, honestly, like, it gets old to say all the time, okay, but why did you do that? Why did you throw your trash on the floor? Like, there's just more creative ways of doing that. And that's like having in a, a business that's really shoving it in people's faces constantly, but in a nice way and in a beautiful way. And that's kind yes. of how like trash art is because it's, it's grasping that attention of those people and saying, look at what I've done with this. Look at like what I've created out of something terrible. Like, this is a nice way of showing you that you guys need to get your crap together. <laughs> like you need to clean up and you need to find ways of doing this too. And that's really, I've never thought about it in that way until I just actually said it, <laughs> but it's true. It's 100% true. It's a nice way of telling people what to do or what to think about in a, in a new way. And I think, I don't know. I think that's important. We do that a lot. I think we just don't realize it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right, people, if we all take whatever pisses us off and find <laughs> a really positive way to like educate people about it, we're going to change the world. It can oh. happen. It can happen. Can. You've shared so much with us. Um, but can you share one more thing? What is your favorite resource for creativity? Oh, man. Um, there's there's just so much. You could go on I could go on anything and find a resource for creativity, but I think a lot of it has to do with memories. Um, just kind of like thinking back on my memories and thinking about my childhood and thinking about, you know, being in a place where I could collect things all the time and was very like supported in my ideas and like having this support of saying, you can change the world. Like you have this capability to change the world because I was really fed that when I was a kid. And I think that is so, so valuable to be given that, um, you know, assurance at a young age, like you can do something about this. Like you have this authority, you have this power. And so looking back at that really gives me a great resource of saying, oh my gosh, yes, I can. Because look at me in the third grade, I was on the news for making handbags to save the oceans. And I can do that again. Like I can make that impact again. And I, I think that just inspires me as kind of silly and maybe egotistical as that sounds because I'm being inspired by myself but like inspired by my young like childhood mind of I can change the world because I think every child goes through that it's like I can change the world I can do anything I, I, I dream of and remembering that is so valuable and and then of course there's also like social media that helps <laughs> like Pinterest obviously is a great way of like getting new ideas um, and just like meeting people meeting people and what they're doing, how they're impacting. I like recently interviewed with a blogger in Canada who's running an entire blog about sustainable fashion and meeting with her and like listening to her ideas shifts mine and gives me more inspiration for creativity. And so that's just so valuable to me as well. So just connecting with people too. I, I have so many responses. First, <laughs> that is like the sweetest answer I've ever heard to this question um, about third grade Aaron. 
second, this is a, like a warning to parents. Be careful what you're telling your children. They're like taking that to heart, whether it's positive or negative. Um, and third, you know how in Parks and Rec when Leslie Nope has a picture of herself on her wall of inspiration? Yes. She's like, I'm not too big to admit that I inspire myself. It's true. I mean, we really do inspire ourselves. I found a notebook recently and in it was like, my dream when I grow up is I want to get really rich and famous and save all of the polar bears from extinction and make sure that the ice caps don't melt. Like that was my like second grade dream of my life. And so like- I remember finding that and just like getting chills. Like I still want to do that. Obviously not necessarily get like famous or anything, but like I still genuinely want to do these things. And I still have these dreams of changing the world and fixing things and helping people. And I don't want to forget that because when we are kids, we have these beautiful imaginations and sometimes society can kill that. And so really kind of remembering those, those dreams and those moments and, um, kind of honing in on those are it's important and it, it really is special and I love it I love Leslie nope <laughs> I know she is literally all of our heroes um, but I think it's not egotistical to say you're inspired by yourself you're not inspired by yourself that is reflecting back on the truest you yeah. and those like true desires that you had and those goals and dreams you had before you know your view was overshadowed by social media and all this education and cultural expectations and things. So I love that you said that. I think we could all do some, you know, self-reflection on what did I want as a kid? How did I, what, who did I want to be? Who did I want to help? Um, and, and we can find some good, you know, self-inspiration on that. I love that answer. Uh, so Aaron, as we're wrapping up, what is new with you? What can we be looking out for from you this summer? Well, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff. So I really, again, have been trying to like focus more on some major creative passions and projects right now. Um, so one thing that I've kind of been struggling with with my own business model is the valuation of clothes. I want to promote the idea that these clothes are very valuable and they're worth spending the extra money on sometimes because they're created better and they have a story and you're doing something better for the environment than going to a store and buying something super cheap. Uh, So lately I've just kind of felt like I'm going to limit some of my, the weight of what I have. I have a lot of clothes and I kind of want to uh, reevaluate that and prove that they're not invaluable by having a bunch. Um, so I want to start launching um, collection-based clothing lines. So kind of limiting my uh, intake of clothes uh, just so I can value each one a whole lot more. Um, and then as well as promoting the idea that my customers will value their clothes a lot more. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to be launching these uh, collections and then as well as doing thrift boxes. So I've been doing this for a little bit, uh, but I really want to tailor this a little bit more. Uh, this is something that I love, love, love to do. So I have an option where you can basically tell me about everything you want, like your style, your color schemes, your sizes, and I will go out and thrift for you. Uh, And I will create a box for you and ship it to you. And that is my absolute favorite thing to do because I feel like a personal stylist. And I think it's so much fun to just imagine somebody I've never even met in, you know, outfits. And it's a little scary at some points, but it's also really enjoyable. And it, you know, helps me do what I like to do, which is go out thrift, find things, 
And especially like for a specific person, I think that's really fun. So that's something I'm doing as well. And then I do have a secret project that I'm going to be launching soon, hopefully. So that I'm excited about. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to have you do a thrift box for me. And so when this episode comes out, I'll like share the pictures and and everything that you sent me in the, um, in the show notes. Yes. I am so excited about this. I, I will totally find you the best stuff. (laughs) So excited. Okay. So the show notes are going to be really awesome because I'm going to have Erin put together a lot of good stuff for you guys. Um, I'm going to have her, um, share that documentary she was talking about and those good places to shop and some things to be looking for. And I'm also going to have her share some of those creative inspiration places that she's going, like her Pinterest board for how she can, you know, remake vintage clothes into something more modern, um, some of that recycled art. We're, we're going to have all of that good stuff and the fashion interviews. She does really cool stuff on her blog. You guys are going to want to check out um, and you can get her to do a thrift box for you wherever you are in the world. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. The show notes are going to be really good. They're going to be at lauren-likes.com slash podcast um, and make sure that you sign up for the newsletter and you'll get all this information in your inbox every week when new episodes come out and you can connect with people like Aaron and all the links to her. You can sign up for my newsletter at lauren-likes.com slash newsletter. Um, Aaron, thank you so, so much for educating us and hanging out with us and just being all around awesome and for helping bring these podcasts to us every week. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I love it. I love being able to talk about this stuff because sometimes I feel like I talk about it too much to people who don't really care. So I love being able to actually talk about it to people who are listening and um, can hopefully make an impact. So I'm super excited. Yeah. And you share really good, helpful educational tips that are, you know, so quick and easy on Instagram a lot. And you're just Vela Vintage, correct? On Instagram? Yes. Just, just Vela Vintage at Vela Vintage. That's it. Awesome. Yes. People can follow you and get some more tips. So I hope this really inspired people um, to do some good and reuse some stuff and make some art and and wear some cool vintage clothes. Um, So thank you so much, Erin, for hanging out with us. And I hope everyone connects with her. And I hope you guys have a great week. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.